pod. So on the myself side, it's Mark Perry. I'm the chief commercial officer at CloudOps. And I'll hand it over to Jesse. Thank you, Mark. And on my side, Jesse Herkins. I'm VP of Consulting and Transformation Services. Thanks for joining us today, Jesse. And this is our first podcast. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. So to start off, why don't we go ahead and take a stab at defining DevOps. I think we hear a lot about DevOps being adopted in the industry. We hear both from technical teams and the business executives starting to understand the value of DevOps as well. Yep. Okay, let's start off with the business level. Sure. Definition of I mean, there's a misconception in many organizations that DevOps is a pure technical tooling exercise, when in reality, when executed well, it's much more a cultural change. Like I would say 80% of it is cultural change. And in the end, it gives us much improved business value. So and that's a way to measure your DevOps success is that you should get much better business value out of your services and features. And meaning that you get much more input from your customers and and you're much faster at actually giving them what they need, resulting into revenue for your business. Got you. Thanks, because we often hear a lot about DevOps tools, and there's so much focus on the marketing and selling of DevOps solutions and tools, but right. it really is more about changing the way people work than giving them a new tool. Exactly. In the end, what we have is lots of siloed organizations, which is a, a real roadblock to the implementation of DevOps. What this does is it impacts your continuous delivery and continuous integration initiatives because the teams don't have optimal communication mechanisms and don't work together properly, which is, in the end, impacting your ability to deliver value faster to your customers. Great. So I guess in summary on the DevOps side, and this is one that we've read frequently, is it's, DevOps is considered the combination of cultural philosophies, practices, and tools to help increase an organization's ability to deliver applications and services at high velocity. I think the benefits of that are fairly evident. And from what I've seen recently with some of the, whether it's Gartner's research or the Accelerate book on DevOps, it's really showing it's returning higher value to shareholders. There's better economic growth coming out of B2B leaders who are taking a DevOps approach. Exactly. Well, if when you read the Accelerate book, they've done a number of studies, which actually determines the main cultural points which do have an impact on the actual delivery of value and the actual business value. And it is a combination of lean and agile principles in the end, which you combine in order to optimize your pipeline and your end-to-end -end DevOps practice. So you have four main areas of practice, which is actually to do exploration, to be able to develop your features. Then you have your integrate, your deployment, and your release. And those are all topics which we'll cover in our podcast. Great. Jesse, what about the area of realms in which DevOps is being used? When we look at our customer base and the type of customers we have, we'll often have a group of people who are developing an application for business logic, and it could be like an e-commerce application, and they're focusing on what's the DevOps approach and tooling for them. Then another one who's really involved in, let's say, Spinnaker or CICD and Docker Kubernetes, not on the side of just using it, but actually building and maintaining that application platform side. And then a third that could be more infrastructure focused and yeah. 
we could take one of our customers, Cloud.ca, as an example, right. who's offering machine services or infrastructure as a service. And even they're taking a DevOps approach to delivering that. What are the parallels and differences across those? Well, I think what's important is that when you do work on your tooling, it can't be siloed with a single team deciding on the actual tools to, to select or to use. It has to be a common initiative, which involves, though, that you've broken your silos and that you have this culture in place. If you don't do that, you won't have the right tools in place because in the selection, you will not consider the needs of all parties. So that means that the development team, the ops team, any team needs to be part of your tool selection. So we recently came back from KubeCon, which was a great event. We ran a workshop there on some infrastructure, networking and Kubernetes, as well as uh, had a booth presence. And in the conversations with the teams out there, there was a fair amount of the people attending KubeCon were really in the application platform world. They were focused at the tooling around Docker, Kubernetes, Jenkins, CI, CD, and there seemed to be a common consensus that they wanted to see their developers that are using their platform, we call them application developers, on top of the platform, really understanding more about the roles and responsibilities in DevOps. And then you also have a lot of these application platform teams that were at the conference are using Google or Azure or AWS, but there was a subset of them who actually had their own infrastructure that they wanted to make available as APIs up to another platform team, so more like an infrastructure. So if we were to carve out this into three different realms, one being the infrastructure tier of taking hardware and converting it into APIs someone consume. Right. Another is now platform tier, which is taking those hardware APIs, infrastructure APIs, and delivering it up as a platform service to the application developers to write it. Can you give us a little bit of insight on how those three different realms would work together in order to deliver and how DevOps impacts them? For sure. Those three layers, basically the infrastructure, the application platform, and the application development are all customers of each other. So in the end, the infrastructure team is providing a service to the platform development, which is also giving a service to the application development team. Those teams have to work together to select tooling and also have to work together to be able to consider the needs of each of them. Like if I'm an application developer, I want to be aware of the features of my application platform. And then the application platform team needs to be aware of all the features in my infrastructure. And then they're all work together as combined to make a seamless integration and deploy features to our customers. It's all about being seamless. So when if I'm an app developer, I need to know what logs to put in my development in order to enable the app platform capabilities. So once I've successfully done that, I will deploy business value much faster, but considering the needs and the features of each layer. So on this realms idea, Jesse, of having the infrastructure realm, the application platform realm, and application development, if you were doing a DevOps approach with an organization that has yep. all three layers of that cake, where some might not have infrastructure because they're using Amazon, Google, or Azure, right. and they'd have more just the app platform team, and then you have the app dev team, where would you recommend an organization 
starts that has all three layers? Typically, you always start at the application development layer. That is the layer that if you want to leverage the benefits of your DevOps pipeline, that's the first area which you need to make sure has their practice properly structured, which means that do they actually break up their features and requirements properly? Are they instrumenting their code to enable all the operations, the logging, and everything that's required to actually do your continuous deployment and your releases when business requires it? So it actually, the inception of that is at the application development, and that's where I'd start. And then the second phase is you go down at the application platform to enable the continuous testing the staging, the continuous deployment, and also the actual monitoring and production of the software to give that valuable feedback back to the application development team so that they can actually continue their iterations. Got you. I guess infrastructure would come last in this case. Yes, infrastructure would come last. More and more, the teams are, are relying on existing cloud providers. You know, we named AWS, JCP, cloud.ca, etc. But if there is, and if you do have your own infrastructure, or you're using a hybrid cloud infrastructure, well, the infrastructure team becomes key in order to enable that ability to scale up, scale down, or do partial deployments, an integral part of your DevOps chain, which more and more, since we're going down the app platform route without necessarily the infrastructure or it's abstracted, you don't need to worry about. Thanks. I think we commonly see the app platform team being the place that DevOps start, probably because of the popularity of technologies like Docker, Kubernetes, and others, that they're going to focus on building the app platform. Is that something that as they're moving, it would be recommended to do in parallel the app dev team transformation, or should it be more serialized, doing one before? Um, Ideally, you do these two in parallel. What's important is that the teams, you need to make sure that the silos are broken before you do that. Because in order to work in parallel means that you have an outstanding communication between these teams. So you've started your DevOps practice. So it starts by breaking the silos, putting the communication tools in place, etc. But If you've done that successfully, those initiatives can be done in parallel. Gotcha. You're constantly referring to communication in this and the breaking down of silos, really highlighting the cultural change required as part of this move. Absolutely. And that's why we say that 80% of a DevOps initiative is cultural. Because without that, in the end, you have a pipeline, but it is not properly used or is not performing as expectations. Yeah, that really resonates. And as you well know, why we made the decision to be working together on this is that CloudOps's history has been really focused on the technology and one of the first 10 Kubernetes training partners out there and offering Docker, Kubernetes, or machine learning and Kubernetes workshops, a whole host of tooling workshops and helping people get hands-on technical skills transferred. But then we found that the gap between them understanding those tools, but then having the environment in which they could work to put those tools into practice to deliver the business value was something that we were not addressing and we felt there was 
a lot of opportunity to provide value to our community by investing in that. Exactly. And that's something that we need to address more from the cultural point of view, where we need to guide our customers in that cultural change, because a cultural change is hard to initiate internally. Usually you need external help and you need eyes from a third party to guide you there, to give you that cultural vision in view and also that realistic opinion on where your organization is really in terms of culture. Thanks, Jesse. I think one thing before we'll switch kind of the topics here a bit is around the infrastructure realm. And I guess to speak from some of our current customers, we address a segment that are in the telco space who actually have infra and they're offering that infra as a service to external providers or sometimes external customers, other times different departments that want to consume it. And in that journey, I think to get to your point before about you've got to start with defining the features and the MVP of what you're planning to deliver, that we do have that as part of an initial project with an organization that really wants to be delivering a productized infrastructure as a service. So we we talked about how you really should start with the app development focus on adopting DevOps first. And you could do app development and app platform in parallel as well, which is fairly common because a lot of it does start from the app platform or the Kubernetes enthusiasts. But is it ever appropriate to start at the infrastructure tier? In certain cases, if you're an infrastructure provider, it does happen that you initiate a DevOps initiative in order to standardize your practices in order to interface the platform and the app developer needs. Because what happens there is, in most cases, in addition to your DevOps practice, you have to adapt to the DevOps practice of your customers, which means you offer standardized APIs, standardized tooling and communication with all those customers in order to make sure that there's a complete DevOps pipeline end-to-end. So in addition to your own, then you have to make sure that you enable others. Yeah, to, I guess to that point, if you're a telco with a regional footprint and you've got an edge that you're pushing out infrastructure services to, and increasingly app devs around the world are looking to run workloads pushed out to the edge as well, then you'd want to start with DevOps around offering those infrastructure services. So you're defining standard APIs that they can, your customer, whether it's an internal customer or an external, can own their destiny deploying on top of that. Absolutely. Because your customers are more and more going to go towards a hybrid cloud environment. They're going to want to harmonize what's running in one cloud versus the other. That's the reality now, is that you know, in some cases, you're going to have really regional, you have to push it out there. In certain other cases, it's going to be more inside of a generic cloud. So as an app developer and a platform, I need to be able to harmonize all those infrastructure that are out there. So Jesse, what's, I'm looking at adopting DevOps, or I've been told in my organization, we've adopted DevOps. What's a litmus test for me as a manager to say, are we DevOps gold or not? Well, the first thing we need to do, right, is do an assessment of 32 different areas because a complete DevOps transformation really goes over these areas. And from those assessments, you can get an improvement plan for each individual area, which some of them you'll be more advanced than others. It's normal and quite frequent that there's weak areas in your assessment, which we need to focus on. And some of their other areas, there's low 
low-hanging fruit where we can really improve rapidly a certain focal point of your practice. Gotcha. So this measure of, would you use maturity in these 32 different areas or? Yeah, exactly. You have normally kind of a four-level assessment, which evaluates your level of maturity in each area. So what's important to know is once you've reached maturity in all areas, that means that you're really close to your business value. The closer you are to your business, the more mature you are and the more your DevOps practice is efficient. Gotcha. So if I'm not ultimately driving feature delivery faster, responding to the market faster, I haven't adopted DevOps? There's most likely many areas inside those 32 which you would score poorly or you would not high enough. So it's impacting your complete pipeline. Because in order to optimize your pipeline, you have to be a good score in all the areas. Because you're gonna have problems going faster than your weakest link. So we need to work on that in order to make you efficient and deliver fast enough. Gotcha, does that, with benchmarking, what's the current status before going into any type of DevOps transformation be? Yeah, typically what we do is a value stream assessment where we evaluate your present practice and we benchmark it against known metrics like processing time, lead time, your refactor time. Those are key metrics that allow us then after that to evaluate the improvement once we actually put an action plan in place to improve those 32 items which are part of a complete DevOps transformation. Now, on that benchmarking and the assessment of the organization's maturity and practice came very evident for us. We started off as being experts around the app platform and also infrastructure automation mm-hmm. and how the app devs would be able to consume it efficiently. And in the early days, we were always working with organizations who had a high maturity at the app dev side mm-hmm. and were pushing the technology boundaries and what they wanted. And that's where we ended up working on AT&T's OpenStack deployment, getting introduced to Kubernetes in a really early phase of the development of the cloud native community and why we've been such big champions of it and seeing the business value that those mature app dev teams were seeing from adopting this practice. So we focused a lot on that and we had an application platform assessment, which was really to go in and look at the tooling and where someone's maturity was in the tools. Do they have the right tools in place? And I think we quickly realized that was good for the tech heart and mind, but not necessarily for getting close to that business value delivery. And so we've evolved to having that DevOps platform and practice assessment as a way of engaging both the tool side and the practice maturity, the business practices they're taking in adoption of DevOps. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's critical to have that assessment where in order to build a pipeline, in order to build a very optimal pipeline, but if that's done without the application and being able to break your features and requirements properly, you're not optimizing the business value. So at the end, you have an optimal pipeline but with suboptimal business value. So that's important to evolve the practice in order to make sure you cover the complete circle and get a complete DevOps assessment.
enabling you to have the optimal business value, which is the most important for the customers. If they do a DevOps transformation and there's no business value for them, then the question is, well, why did we do it, right? Because the decision makers will base the success or the failure of their initiative based on the actual business that they get out of it and not just the technical aspect. So true. To start off with measuring those benchmarks, understand where you start and yeah. what you expect to when you finish and being realistic about it. Well, thank you, Jesse. That's much appreciated. And thanks, everyone, for listening. So we will be doing future podcasts. So please stay tuned for more, as well as feel free to reach out to us at info at cloudops.com and let us know what you think. Thanks.